0: I would invite you, please, to turn with me to John chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 10 to 31. But let me just pause just for a moment. Um, It's so important to read the scriptures together. Uh, Census was taken, and uh, they were saying that most Christians read their Bibles maybe once a week. And that's why I do take time when we come together to read the Bible, and to read the Scriptures. As a matter of fact, Paul encouraged Timothy to do exactly that, is to read the Scriptures um, to his congregations. And so we're going to do that. John chapter 20, verses 10 to 31. Good. I'm sure that you have found the Scripture now. It is also on the screen behind me, so you can follow along. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She says, They have taken my Lord away. I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, "Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And there's three terms for teacher. And Rabboni is the highest level of being a teacher, the most respected form of a teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples. Be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. On Friday, we looked at the characters that appeared around the cross when Jesus died. Today, I want us to look at some other people that was close to the Lord, that knew Him and that He knew personally as they encounter Him, not only as Jesus, but as the risen Lord. And it's amazing, as I was studying this passage of Scripture throughout the weekend. And what I love about the last few weeks is that as I was studying and as I was praying, I started to just live my life out into the Bible settings, into the characters. And I started to experience something within my own heart that these characters experienced as they were surrounded by the events that had taken place over this Easter weekend. And like I said, I fell in love with some of the characters. Some other characters I didn't like very much. But I must say the three groups of people that I want us to look at today, um, Mary, the disciples, and Thomas. Again, I saw something of myself within them. And so we can be very critical of them because you would see that they actually did not expect Jesus to rise from the dead. That is very clear here. And so we could judge them because they had so much opportunities and time with the Lord Jesus. He taught them the scriptures. He helped them to experience life with him. Uh, They prayed with him. They worshipped with him. They saw the miracles he had done. They saw people hail him as the king, but then they also saw people mock him. And so we see that they had such a close relationship with Jesus and had experienced so much with them. They sat under the greatest teachings and the greatest teacher that ever lived. And yet we find them not believing what he had taught. And so we can be critical of them. But I find when I look at them, I see myself with them too. And so I'd love for you to journey with me as we look At some of these characters here. There were at least five resurrection appearances of our Lord on the first day of the week to Mary Magdalene, to the other women, he appeared to Peter, to the two Emmaus disciples, and then again to the full group of disciples minus Thomas. The next Sunday, It was about a week that had passed. The disciples met again. And Thomas was with them this time. And that's when Jesus appeared to Thomas. But as I looked at all of these characters, at Mary, at the disciples, and at Thomas, I started to look at what was going on within their lives and how the risen Christ stepped into their lives, and how he was revealing himself to them. And my friends, the most wonderful thing about this is that Jesus stepped into their circumstances, into their world, and when he stepped into their lives, he revealed himself to them as the risen Christ. And we would see the transformation that happens with them. My friends, they knew the scriptures That he gave to them in the years that he was with them. Around three years that he taught them. But now they were going to experience the risen Christ within their midst. The scriptures with the risen Christ makes for a complete transformation within our lives. Whenever we read the scriptures we need to look for the risen Christ within the scriptures you will see that this had happened when Jesus appeared to the two disciples on the road of Emmaus. Where they were talking about the scriptures, Jesus appeared to them, but they didn't quite understand what they were reading and Jesus came and when they saw him, He opened up the scriptures to them and the Bible says that there was a real excitement within their heart. The risen Christ stepping into their circumstances. Friends, I want you to know today that Jesus' passion is not to, to, uh, 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 to appear to you from a distance. He wants to step into your lives, into your circumstances and through that, he will reveal himself to you in a most wonderful way. And as I was going through it, I read these scriptures maybe ten times this passage, so maybe even more. And every time I found a nugget, but but I wanted to find out what what the true message here is. What is the main idea within this passage? Because so much was going on, I wanted to know what Jesus wanted us to hear today. And it's amazing. I prepared my taught taught the message to myself. I read it. I prayed through it, and it was most amazing last night. I was just sitting again and pondering over it and I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me that I needed to say this to you. And I want you to look for this truth as we go further within this message. And this is the truth that stood out to me last night. And I felt God say to me that the risen Christ revealed himself to them, so that they could reveal him to others. That is the message within this chapter. Jesus revealed himself to them, not only to change their circumstances, not only to meet their needs, which are very important, but I think that is almost secondary to the reason, and when you read further, you'll understand what I mean. He revealed himself to them so that they could reveal him to others. Craig spoke so well last Sunday about Jesus building his church. Friends, Jesus wants to build his church through us, he uses us to build his church out into the world. And this is again the main point within this passage of Scripture. So, Follow along with me as we look at this. Let's look at Mary here. Jesus met Mary in her sorrow. Her heart was broken. She was quite a sentimental individual like many, many of us. And so her emotions ran very, very high when we read the scripture here. And when you understand who Mary Magdalene was, you could understand what was going on within her heart. And Jesus so understood her. We must not confuse Mary Magdalene with Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was also there at the tomb. Together with Siloam. But God speaks to Mary here. Mary Magdalene. You see, Mary Magdalene had great enthusiasm and love for the Lord Jesus. She was healed from seven demons by the Lord Jesus. She was the one who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and broke open the alabaster perfume box. And she got criticized for that by the other disciples there. Later, she became a strong disciple to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to the word of God. She loved that. She was a real worshiper. The same Mary whose brother was Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, died, and of course Jesus raised him from the dead. So she had that experience. She continued her sacrificial giving to Jesus again. She broke open um, costly perfume, and she washed the feet of Jesus before he died. And we do see that the disciples criticized her and they said, you know, that alabaster box that you broke and maybe even later the perfume that she used to cover Jesus' feet, the disciples said, man, that is so expensive that money could have been used for the poor. Rather, she wanted to worship Jesus. Jesus said, the poor you will always have with me, but you won't always have me. And so we see that she experienced all of this. And so when Jesus died, it really, really influenced her deeply. Her broken heart, she had lost the one that she had loved for some time now. Her grief caused her to miss the meaning of the empty tomb. And my friends, when we go through grief, Oftentimes, we'll miss what God is trying to do within our lives. Grief is good. We've got to go through grief when we lose someone. But in this case, Mary had taken her eyes off of the Scriptures, and she forgot the meaning of what was happening. She had a broken heart, and oftentimes when our hearts are broken, we can take our eyes off of Jesus. You see, he wants to heal our broken hearts, but our eyes are on different things, and so we can't quite receive what Jesus has for us. She could not recognize the Lord when he appeared to her because she was so enveloped by her grief. How many times has God come to us and we failed to recognize him because he did not come in the way that we expected? And I think this morning he would come to us in a way so that we could recognize him. Mary's sorrow and grief also caused her to linger at the place where she last knew Jesus. And she failed to move on. And oftentimes, the things that we go through could cause us to stay where we experience that tragedy instead of moving on. And Mary was there. And, and Jesus knew that he needed to appear to her, to reveal himself to her, so that he could move her on in what he had prepared for her. You would say to me, Piet, what do you mean? In her grief, in her brokenness, Jesus offered her a purpose. And that is the purpose of the resurrection. This is the truth that we see here, that Jesus appears to us and reveals himself to us so that we can help others to see him. So we see here in John chapter 20, verse 17, Jesus said to Mary, Do not hold on to me. She was quite sentimental don't want to let go of him. For I have not yet returned to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So we see here that Jesus was healing her broken heart. But with that, he said to her, go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father. Go my brothers and I think that's a message to us in our grief in our difficulty make sure that you step out of it or you step with it and you start to go and tell others what Jesus has revealed to you in the time that you had gone through so we see very very clearly here that Jesus doesn't linger at her place of need, but he wants her to step out of her place of brokenness, he wants her to become whole as she tells others about him and what she saw. That's Mary. Secondly, Jesus met the disciples in their fear. And John chapter 20 verse 19 says, On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And you're going to see the same principle revealed here. Which is, the risen Christ revealed himself to them so that they could reveal him to the others. Like I said, there were at least five resurrections. He now appears to the eleven disciples. They locked up in the room. They are afraid of the Jewish leaders and even the other authorities. And the word fear is very common emotion to us, and um, fear. Uh, The word phobias, we've heard, is something that grips us, and it is also um, something that neutralizes us. Uh, Some people have acrophobia, it's a fear of high places, some people are claustrophobic, it's the fear of closed places nectophobia is the fear of dark places and so there's all different types of fear but we see that this fear that the disciples went through was related to Jesus leaving they weren't sure whether he had risen from the dead they were afraid for their lives so fear had gripped their hearts they were in this closed room and we see here that Jesus appears to them did not open the door he appeared to them he just stepped in you see fear is the enemy of faith it saps spiritual vitality and it can also paralyze our souls and many of us are in a place of fear at the moment fear of losing our jobs fear of maybe not finding new employment marriages are are under stress Parents are struggling with their children and the social pressures that are there. And so we know that there's a lot of fear within our midst. Here we see Jesus steps into the disciples' lives in the midst of their fear. My friends, Jesus always comes and he'll help us to overcome those things which are too big for us. And fear is definitely one of those things. There are times when I've gone through fear We've been in Switzerland for six years and at times there was a real type of fear within my heart. I, uh, I had sometimes had some panic attacks within my life that I've never experienced prior to that case. And, and it, and it kind of paralyzed me. I couldn't control it. But in time, Jesus stepped into my life and he lifted that off of me. Jesus loves to come and to deal with those things. That is too big for us. And again, Jesus steps in and he deals with the disciples' fear. But he does it by offering them peace. He says in John chapter 20, verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. He offered them peace. Peace be with you was a common Jewish greeting. But in the context of this passage, it surely means more than just a greeting. My friends, he gives us peace with God. Romans chapter five, verse one says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He also gives us peace through his abiding presence within our lives as he commissions us to carry his gospel further. Without peace within our hearts, it is very difficult to carry the gospel mission to where God wants us to take it into our businesses, into our schools, into our homes, into our nation or into other nations but he also gives us peace with one another. We call that relational peace. Ephesians chapter four, verses 14 to 18, and we'll just read a short scripture here. It says, he himself is our peace, who has made both us one and reconciled us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. My friends, so we see that Jesus speaks peace to the disciples them, And I believe that as he spoke peace to them, their hearts quieted down. For those of you who are experiencing peace within your heart, angst, as the Swiss call it, and the Afrikaners, Jesus wants to come and he wants to speak peace into your heart. He wants to take care of that fear so that you would never have to fear again. When fear comes, so that you can overcome it. But, my friends, when Jesus speaks something into our lives, He speaks life, and that life releases us from that thing that holds us, from that thing that terrifies us. Jesus has the authority to speak that over our lives because He overcame all of that through the cross. When he died for you and I, Jesus saw what you're experiencing today. And when he died upon the cross, he took that upon yourself so that that very thing wouldn't weigh you down as it is today. So would you receive the peace of Jesus as he speaks to you? But he also offered them his power. And with that, he commissioned them. John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Again, the truth that I want us to latch on is this. The risen Christ revealed himself to them so that they could reveal him to others. When he breathed on them, He gave them his power and he commissioned them. My friends, if you want to deal with the fears within your heart, open up your heart. Look to Jesus and ask him to empower you to deal with your fear, but also step out in faith and say, Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ, what have you called me to do and step into that place? My friends, when we're commissioned by God to do something, it's amazing how we can leave our circumstances behind us. And then lastly, Jesus meets Thomas while he is in doubt. And many of us find ourselves in doubt at some time or another. And oftentimes doubt would fill our hearts because of a circumstance, again, that is too big for us to handle. Frederick Becher says this, whenever your faith is that there is a God or that there is not a God, if you don't have any doubts, you are either kidding yourself or you've fallen asleep. Doubts are the ants in the pants of your faith. They keep it awake and they keep it moving. You can't stay in your doubts. You've got to move on. But when doubts come, they are rather normal. Normal. Alfred Lord Tennyson says this, there lives more faith in honest doubt, believe me, than in half the creeds. Francis Bacon says, if a man will begin in certainties, he shall end in doubts. But if he will be content to begin with doubts, he shall end in certainties." And we see this with Thomas. You see, between verses 25 and 26, we see an entire week has gone by. And so Jesus appears to Thomas after Thomas heard everything what the other disciples said, but he wouldn't even believe them. But we see, for Thomas, seeing was believing. Jesus confronts his doubt and unbelief head on. And I trust that Jesus would do that for you today. When he said, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hands and put it in my side. He faced doubt and unbelief head on with truth. Truth embodied within Thomas' midst there. But he not only did that, he then speaks faith into Judas' doubt. He says, stop doubting and believe. Remember, the truth was right in the very midst of him. Jesus is the truth. Thomas could look at the truth, and the truth spoke to him and said, stop doubting and believe. In faith, Thomas acknowledges and confesses the lordship of Jesus Christ and worships him. When Thomas said, My Lord and my God. John chapter 20, verse 24 says, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Isn't this a classic moment? I can see Jesus talking to Thomas there with the other disciples. I could see Jesus taking Thomas's hand and he says, Come on, feel my hands. The nail prints. I could see Jesus taking Thomas's hands, guiding it to his side where he was pierced, and water and blood gushed out of his side. He says, come on, insert your hand there. It is me. Jesus went the extra mile with Thomas because he believed in him. You may not quite believe in him right now, but he believes in you. And he drew himself to Thomas, and he drew Thomas to himself. My friend, I think this is a classic moment. And I love the response of Thomas when he says, my Lord and my God. Jesus putting himself in the midst of three circumstances, Mary, the disciples, and Thomas. Two out of the three occasions he tells them to reveal what they had experienced to others. You see, my friends, there are many lessons that we could learn from this chapter. Lessons to learn. Sorrow does not have to be terminal, my friends. So live and follow him. If you're experiencing sorrow because of a breakup within your own life, circumstances beyond your control, my friends, it doesn't have to be terminal. Look to the Lord Jesus and live. He'll help you through it. My friends, don't let sorrow, disappointment, or even unbelief get stuck in your spirit. When it gets stuck, it's very hard to get unstuck. For Thomas, Jesus stepped into his life and he released him from it. Mary, he didn't allow her to stay in her grief for too long. Because when grief gets stuck, my friends, it's very hard for joy to flow again. My friends, secondly, we learn that fear can be overcome. So be free. Don't live in fear. Look to Jesus. Invite him to step into your circumstances and let him free you. But with that, he is going to say, now I want you to tell others about me, the risen Lord, so that they could experience that freedom. My friends, doubt can be turned into faith. So believe. Believe. Don't let doubt get stuck in your spirit. Ask the right questions, work through it, seek help, but more importantly, say, Lord Jesus, would you step into my world and would you show me the truth? I know that you are the truth, but would you help me to believe? And so my friends, I wanna pray for us. And so would you look up to heaven or bow your heads and I'm gonna commit you to Christ Jesus today. Father, I thank you for everyone who joined with us today. I pray, Father, that where we find ourselves, that you'd step into that place and I pray for your deliverance to come in whatever form it needs to so that we can be free, so that we can follow you. Most importantly, as you reveal yourself to us, we want to reveal you to them that you call us to. And as you breathe your breath into our lives, as you sit to the disciples, in this passage of scripture, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Father, this morning where we are sitting, Would you breathe on us? Let us receive the Holy Spirit. And would you commission us anew and afresh to others as we pray? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. If you are not a follower of Christ, but today you would want to make a decision to follow him, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me now and with us. And the prayer will be on the screen at the back here. And it would be such a joy for you to celebrate this with me. And so let's pray. Dear God, and would you repeat these words to Jesus in some shape, maybe like this. Dear God, I I know that I'm a sinner. And there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I confess my complete helplessness to forgive my own sin or to work my way to heaven. At this moment, I trust Christ alone as the one who bore my sin when he died on the cross and ask you to forgive my sins. And I believe, as the Bible says, that you rose up from the dead on the third day so that I can have a relationship and inherit eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. If you've prayed that prayer, please contact us. Speak to someone who you know who's a follower of Christ and in any way that we could help you, we would love to. God bless you. And again, we will see you next Sunday at the same time and hopefully you would also join us as we pray together on Tuesday night. God bless you and have a great Easter Sunday.